Hi, I'm Ari. I'm Nick. And what's your name? Hey, <laughs> yeah, it works. Okay, okay. Okay, listen, Nicholas. Yeah, it's me, guys. I'm leading the episode. I'm so back, listen baby. To me. I'm back, I'm back. Nick's back with another episode where we have to watch two movies. For mm-hmm. some reason, it's always me. Um, today, I will be your host as we go on this magical journey through the land of film. So let's just jump right into the news. So the first little news article that I got, um, Matt Reeves, the, the Batman movie that he's working on, they've cast Colin Farrell as the Penguin. Why? Who's Colin, who's Colin Farrell? <laughs> he's the uh, bad guy from Fantastic Beasts. Yeah. He's a... Uh, he's, uh, Wasn't Irish, that Johnny Depp? English. It, yeah, it was Johnny Depp the whole time, but before it was Johnny Depp the whole time, it was Car- Colin Farrell the whole time. Yeah. Okay. Uh, thoughts, boys, on this normal size oh. Irish okay. man? Okay, I'm is, looking uh, at him now. Irish actor, there the we penguin. go. He, 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 he was also in The Lobster, uh, not his best movie. <laughs> and he was in Killing of a Sacred Deer, possibly his best movie. So... Really? A white guy in Get Out? How progressive? Yeah. Get Out? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, look, I like him. He's a good actor. Yeah, he's a good actor. Great actor. Um, I've seen him in one thing, and I kind of forgot him I, in that thing. So <laughs> I just think it's interesting that he is the penguin. Because he's because not that. Because isn't the penguin supposed to be like a little squat boy? Yeah. Or is it he's... just Danny DeVito? But, no, Danny it's DeVito like a snowball man. Yeah, they could have just gotten Danny DeVito again. <laughs> I don't think anyone would have complained. Oh, no, not at all. Um, Maybe this is the sexy reboot of The Penguin. I, you know what? What if they, they do, like, a Cats thing where, <gasps> no, like, no. he's just really small? <laughs> oh, oh. I was, I was going to say, what if he's, like, a Russian nesting doll and inside him is the real Penguin, <laughs> who's, like, half of his height? When was the last time Danny DeVito was in a movie? He was well, in. He does, is he retired? He was no, in. He does uh, Philadelphia or whatever, right? Is that his show? Yeah. Yeah. Is that still going on? Yeah. Probably. No, he was in Dumbo last year. He was in year. something else. Oh, dude, he's in. He's in Jumanji. He's in the new Jumanji. Oh, Jumanji. that's Jumanji. Right. Yeah, yeah. But it's actually the third one. Jumanji, Jumanji. Three. Jumanji Three. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. So yeah. he's 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 still doing things. Yeah, he's, yeah. He's, he's, still, he's, he's still working. He's there. He's devetoing about. Yeah, anyway, yeah. that's that, that's cool. Yeah, that's all I got for uh, for that. But uh, let's move on to some awards news. So, oh yes, this happened. Yes, yeah. I, you, the, I this isn't what I'm talking about, Ari. You're jumping the gun a little here. I'm talking about the DGA awards. Ah uh, yes, no, that's exactly what we were talking about. Uh, the so digital Wesley. Golden Globe, but it's just one G award. <laughs> <laughs> So the Directors Guild of America yeah, has right. announced its nominees for Best uh, Director of a Feature Film. Uh, the nominees are Bong Joon-ho for Parasite, Sam Mendes for 1917, uh, Scorsese for Irishman, Tarantino for Hollywood, and Taika Waititi for Jojo Rabbit. Uh, I think a pretty solid selection. Uh... I mean, <laughs> I don't understand how do you determine how good someone directed a movie without like isn't that just a measure of how good the movie was 
Yeah. No, the, the, is there a difference at all? Some directing things that are okay, because like it's maybe more... if the script is terrible but the movie is watchable, then it's a good director. Yeah, you know that that's that's one way to tell. It's like, so then J.J. Abrams and Rise of Skywalker. It's it's kind of dependent on what you can see in a shot. You know, it's a lot of oh, if we're looking at this thing, it's probably important. It's directing uh, performances and and coverage and things like that. I mean, it's 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 difficult to explain. Um, yeah, I feel like it'd be hard for me to measure how good someone is a director. It's like oh, this if a movie's good, that means it was directed well. Well, I mean, or, like it could mean that there's a good script or good acting, but like I think the directing is like the. <clears throat> like the formal aspects, you know, like the ooh, ooh, look at look at this, look at the symbolism or something, or I don't know, like Mulholland yeah, Drive. Symbolism. You can tell is a directed movie. It yeah, has yeah, a director, <laughs> as opposed to an undirected movie. <laughs> yeah, such as Wonder Park, which does not have a director oh, yeah. listed. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, so yeah, I think those are some good uh, nominations, but but let's not talk about nominations, boys. Let's talk about winners. Let's talk about the Golden Globes. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Golden Globes happened. Um, I'm really the only quickly. one here who watched them. This is true. This is true. Really quickly. <laughs> what was that noise? Are you? You became a horse. <laughs> I sniffed. I sniffed. <laughs> Uh, 1917 won Best Drama. Uh, not Never what heard I expected. of it. It hasn't come out. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Uh, or it came out like and, select theaters. Yeah, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood won Best Musical or Comedy, despite being neither technically. <laughs> neither. <laughs> yeah. More a comedy than a musical, that's for sure. Uh, but what about when they get on the stage in the diner and start dancing? Okay, now I have no clue what you're talking about. Yeah, I That's don't remember any fiction. Music. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Got him. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix won Best Actor. His um, speech was terrible. He's actually a psychopath. Yeah, what I, that's what I heard. He just, he just like, I don't even know what he was saying. Uh, not as bad as Quentin Tarantino's speech. I made this movie, and I, I shouldn't really thank anyone. Yeah, yeah, he won Best uh, Screenwrite, or, yeah. Yeah, something like that. Screenplay. Yeah, best screenplay. And he was like, yeah, you know, usually I don't have to thank anyone because I write this all by myself. <laughs> but I'm, but just this once, I will thank the cast. Taryn Egerton <clears throat> won for Rocketman. Aquafina won for The Farewell. And Renee Zellweger won for Judy Garland in that movie about her. <laughs> she won for Judy Garland. <laughs> Yeah. Accepting the award on behalf of <laughs> Judy Garland, Renee Zellweger. Yeah, uh, Joker won Best Score. Um, Good. I, I agree with all the nominations. Look, I think Parasite was better, but that wasn't nominated for Best Score. Yeah. So of all the ones nominated, gotta give it to Hilder something tier. Of course. Best Animated Feature went to Missing Link, and uh, Best Foreign Language Film went to to Parasite. Can we talk about Best Animated Feature and why was it wasn't Toy film? Story 4? Uh, best Film uh, of what category? Oh, is it not, not a single Best Film? Nah. nah that's there's the 1917 Oscar. Drama and then Once Upon a Time in Hollywood Musical or Comedy. Okay. Yeah, Can we talk about Animated Film. Okay, sure. Well, Toy Story 4, I mean, I didn't see The Missing Link, but 
It's Toy Story 4, man. As an unbiased person who's only seen one of the movies, <laughs> Look, it's that one definitely should have won. I saw Lego Frozen Movie 2. Well, that wasn't nominated. So. Okay, good. <laughs> Frozen 2, uh, probably not great. Um, How to Train Your Dragon, know. Hidden Worlds. Look, I didn't see this. I'm not sure anyone did. Yeah, uh, I've, I've heard it's fine. And then The Lion King, which, despite not being submitted as a best animated film to the Oscars, was submitted as best animated film to this. Was it submitted as best film to the Oscars? Yeah, it was. They, <laughs> they're being selectively live action. They're they're trying to win best film at the Oscars. Okay, but it's not a good. It's movie. not. A, it wouldn't even win best animated film. Exactly. I don't know what they're doing. They're pretending it's live action. It's it's no aspect of it at all is live action. Um, I'm it missing looks Link is live fun. action. <laughs> <laughs> at least I haven't, I haven't seen it, but it's like Jungle Book, except if the one human character wasn't in it. <laughs> yeah. Well, the Jungle Book was live action. Yeah, because they had a human. Exactly. That's true, and it was not nominated for uh, best animated film, so. <laughs> Um, but yeah, Toy Story 4, big yep. snub, it's good. Yep. <laughs> Alright. You can watch our YouTube video about this you could. film on the channel. I bet the post-credits or the mid-credits scene in that movie is better than the entirety of Missing Link. And I will stand by this while I <laughs> oh never see Missing Link. I just saw the list of people that, that presented the awards, but I thought I was in the In Memoriam section. So I was like, when the oh, fuck shit. did Rami Malek die? <laughs> <laughs> too, too close to home. <laughs> um, I, I think Ari wants to talk about the speech, doesn't he? You'll, you'll be pleased to know this is the last time I'm hosting these awards, so I don't care anymore. Um... I'm joking. I never did. Um, well, I'm curious. I'm curious about the speech. Did you yeah. see the speech? Did you watch the speech? No. Oh. Then why would he want to talk? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. It was good. It was funny. Yeah. He made it fun of really everyone. Funny. Which Not a single... Oh, the Ricky Gravis one? Yeah. <laughs> Ricky Gervais. Gervais, whatever. He, yeah. He literally just... Yeah. Like... I, I, I heard of that one. I heard he made an Epstein joke and everyone booed and he said... A Rick and Morty line. That's a show about a man who wants to kill himself because his wife dies of cancer. Spoiler alert, um, season two is on the way, so in the end, he obviously didn't kill himself. Just like Jeffrey Epstein. <laughs> Shut up. I know he's your friend, but I don't care. He just made fun of everyone in the audience. Yeah, no one was safe. I don't know why Tim Cook was there. Yeah. Was, no, because because was, um, Apple no, was Apple TV nominated for something for their show, The Morning Show. Ah, I see. Yeah, but he made fun of Apple in front of Tim Cook. He was like, yeah. he was like, he was like, why do y'all actors work for a company that has sweatshops? And I was like, good, good on you, mate. <laughs> well, you say you're woke, but the companies you work for, I mean, unbelievable. Apple, Amazon, Disney. If ISIS started a streaming service, you'd call your agent. He basically just made fun of actors trying to be activists because they still sell their souls to these, like, cash-grabbing companies. Yeah. I, I respect the speech, having not heard it, but... <laughs> yeah, it's funny. If, 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 the, if, if the essence of the speech was summed up in what you're saying, that's... I will say two people... Rippy... Ricky, Ricky as Jarvis. I call him, <laughs> Rippy Jarvis. <laughs> uh, 
Two, two people definitely took their jokes well. Martin Scorsese laughed at being called short. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when Leonardo DiCaprio, he's like, oh, his date's going to be too old by the time this show is over. Leo just goes, it's true, guys, it's true. <laughs> also, wasn't, uh, like, Tom Hanks memed in some way yeah, from this? Yeah, he was, he was. He had, he had a funny reaction. I forget what it was uh, a reaction to, but... There was some pedophile joke, I think, where he's like, ooh, that was a bit, uh, racy. Oh. Ooh, uh, how, how scandalous. It's the last time, who cares? <laughs> oh. Uh, and then after the fact, he tweeted some stuff where he's like, look, just because you're offended doesn't mean that you're right. And also, just because you don't think it's funny doesn't make it not a joke. Mm -hmm. Um. So, so he's third eyes open. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> Look, I, I love how he kept saying, uh, in, during the award ceremony that he was like, "This is the last time I'm hosting this. Like, I'm never doing this again. Like, yeah. screw you. Like, I don't have to worry about the repercussions." And then when the president of the Hollywood Foreign Press came to speak, he was just like, "We'll see if this is your last time." <laughs> <laughs> and that's all he said. <laughs> As punishment for insulting everyone, you gotta do this one more time. <laughs> yeah, well, great host, fantastic host, as always. But yeah. speaking of hosts, uh, the Oscars has just announced they're going wow, we're hostless really... oh. for a second year in a row. We're really going seamless with Say these again? transitions today. Yeah, the Oscars has announced that for the second year in a row, they will not have a traditional single host, which I'm oh. fine with because it like went Did it work faster. last time? Yeah, it, it went was like faster. 30 minutes shorter than the like, year before. Yeah. You know... Whatever. <laughs> the Oscars are boring. Like, yeah. not that the Golden Globes yeah. are much better, but... The Golden Globes are better, though, because, like, like everyone's speeches are so much shorter in the Golden Globes, because no one, like, cares. <laughs> uh, that's true, like, that's people true. go up there and talk for, like, ten seconds, and at the Oscars, everyone tries to talk for, like, three minutes. Like, Yeah. Geez. I mean, it's no primetime Emmys <coughs> where they've got 120 awards yeah. and it takes two days to give them all out. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. What are the Oscars? Uh, the I thought you just said, what are the Oscars? No, what? <laughs> he's been faking this whole time. We've done two episodes on previous Oscars and he's like, what are these things? <laughs> Oscar um, the Grouch? They are on the 9th of February. Great. Okay, so we got a while. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but in the next episode, we will be talking about the nominees, which come out this Monday. Oh, is that a, is that an exclusive? Stuff. Is that a postponed exclusive? Uh, no, because it will be five days after the uh, <laughs> after they come out. So, what if yeah. we just what if we just record ourselves talking about like every movie that came out this year and every acting performance, and then like you just edit it together um, right when the nominees come out, and then we have like the first <laughs> podcast about them. We could do this. <laughs> or coverage. or or we could just do stock uh, reactions and be like, oh, yes, that was a good one. Oh, man, <laughs> his performance was not great. Yeah. Well, oh, yeah, you know, I really respected that. <laughs> yeah. Or, like, right when the nominations come out, we'll send you audio bites of us just saying the names of whatever we want, and then you can put them into the blanks that we will have in <laughs> yeah. pre-recorded It'll just reactions. be like Mad Libs, but for this. And it'll just be like, wow, I can't believe that this one... You know, oh, I'm, I'm uh -huh. glad that 1917 was nominated when another take. It's like, I can't believe they picked Arctic Dogs. <laughs> so Wonder Park for Best my, Director. Uh, <laughs> of course, of course. 
Um, so that's the end of my my news segment, unless uh, and unless what a whole awful lot news were to just come out right now. <laughs> well, you know, I just want to point out, uh, Ari, you'll be quite happy to hear that someone left a question for us, and therefore we have data storage news. We do uh, have data storage news. I have officially released the data storage news. Uh, Damn, it's out of its I don't cage. know what you want me to do because I don't know anything about this. Oh, is is there is there data storage news that yeah. you have? Well, I've got an article open here called "Data Storage: Four Trends and Predictions for 2020." <laughs> yeah, let's hear let's it. Do it. Bring All it right. to New Year. Everyone, take notes because this is incredibly important, guys. You gotta listen. The tape storage market will grow, reversing a decade-long declining trend. Like VHS. And this is, uh, I don't know what this means because I don't know anything <laughs> about tape? data storage. Uh, yes, they're actually bringing back duct tape. They're just gonna etch all the data onto the tape. <laughs> they're just gonna be uh, writing it on a piece of tape. Of course. Um, NVMe will erode traditional SAS SSD array market faster than originally predicted, and I think this is a huge oh, development. Oh no boy! Way. dude, that's that. It's it's over. It's so over. Well, I mean, you're you you <laughs> make storage when you film things with cameras, of so course, of course, of applicable. Course. <laughs> um, also, we're gonna see hyper-converged infrastructure uh, increasing adoption in video surveillance, and I think this is just a very important note because. Uh, you know Big how government. like you know how like uh, people try to create the shortest sentence that uses the entire alphabet. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's what they're going for with these headlines. And then lastly, uh, video and images represent the biggest data generator for most enterprises, which I don't think is news. That just makes sense. What other things are there other than video and images? Audio, uh, text. I don't know. Like, yeah, like doesn't... normal data, like numbers and. Yeah. Yeah. But if you think about it, videos are numbers. Oh, shit. He's gone too deep. <laughs> this Justin, most data is stored in numbers. <laughs> Look, I don't know what you want from As me. opposed to fruit by the foot. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. That was good. Thanks for that. Yeah. Do we move on to uh, your name? Yeah, let's talk about your name. Oh, we're not even uh, going to talk about the question that prompted that. All right, I will I will do that. In the meantime, let's get started with your name. Yep. Shit. Should I introduce this or should I Your name was recommended by Lucan. We usually won't name Alto Sajani. We usually won't name people name drop people if you recommend a movie, but we did this time. Yeah. And it is an anime, Japanese anime film. This is true. With English subtitles. <laughs> <laughs> this is also true. We did yeah. not watch it in Japanese. Yeah. Yes. So, it's... Look, I, I uh, was thinking yeah. that we wouldn't have too much to talk about and that we'd focus mainly on um, Inside Lewin Davis, which was our actual recommendation for this episode. Um, but Lucan specifically texted me and said, Nick, I'm glad you picked my movie. <laughs> Don't suck my dick, okay? If you don't like the movie, tell me you don't like the movie. Don't sit there, well, it was pretty good. I don't want to <laughs> hurt his feelings. Good, so we will never suck the dicks of our fans. Of and that's course. A pwn that guarantee. is a promise. That is a pwn promise. Um, Guys, we should have, like, a little meeting before we decide these things. 
<laughs> we can't just we can't just say this on the spot. We need to like you know communicate. You know what? Yeah, uh, hypothetically, Western majority. We we uh, we overrule you. <laughs> so your name is, as Ari said, Japanese animated film. I believe it is the first animated film we've talked about on this podcast in any sense of detail. It might be the first anime film I've ever seen. Because doesn't Studio Ghibli? consider themselves not to be anime yeah sure <laughs> but are they anime but like this one isn't but, super yeah, anime are. either really it felt aggressively anime it had there like were, an intro anime with the song parts, but like, it's like it's like the thing that makes uh ghibli movies like not super anime is like he doesn't like over like expression like really exaggerated expressions and like this movie doesn't have that in the way that like in like an anime show the character's face will turn red and like that yeah. little hashtag on their forehead. Yeah, exactly. So, I I guess I'll really quickly run through the plot. Um, spoilers for this film, which believe me, you it can be spoiled. Wait, first, which should I we talk expecting. about what we think about? Oh yeah, sure. What you what you boys think about uh, your name? I'll go first. Oh, yeah. I I didn't like it too much at the beginning yeah but i got progressively better as yeah. time went on this that's is what true. i'd say this is true wes what about you i, I thought it, i thought it was pretty good i really liked the visuals in it mm -hmm. i think that like um i don't know it was like it was kind of simple and yeah. then it became just like what <laughs> yeah it's it, like it, it got crazy this yeah. is like there was a movie um a while back called the uh the mailbox or something with Keanu Reeves who falls in love with the woman who lived in his house like 60 years ago and they communicate by sending letters to each other in uh -huh. like their mailbox. Yeah. I don't know. It reminded me of that. <laughs> I've never seen that movie, but. <laughs> um, I, oh. I feel the same as Ari does where it took a while. I was definitely not having it in the beginning. And I was sitting there trying to watch, and I'm like, look, maybe anime's just not for me. Yeah. Um, and... I was sick. I just watched the entire Inside Lewin Davis, and it was like, got me all depressed, and I was sick. And then <laughs> it was like the cheesy anime intro song for like a TV show, except it was the beginning okay. of a movie. Yeah, yeah that <laughs> and was, was like, weird. And that happens like what? three times in the movie that they have I'm like I'm not going to lie, intros. though. I wasn't, wasn't a big fan of the start of this movie, but that song... That's a banger. Uh, I really liked it. That's like, what they always hit you with in anime, dude. They always hit you with the, the banging intros. Yeah, I like the first yeah. five minutes and the song. And then it kind of drags for the next 20. And then something interesting happens, and I was like, oh? And then it kind of winds down. And then it goes off the deep end, and I had no clue what was happening. I yes. loved it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Definitely not a perfect movie, but mm-mm. Pretty tasty. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like it was visually pretty good. Yeah, this film is gorgeous. I that can't be understated. Like uh -huh. it is I think that was my favorite fantastic. part. Was the visuals. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Except when the girls talk about, "Oh my god, I hate this town." And while she's talking about that, oh, it's like the we're getting beautiful, beautiful yeah. shots of the freaking lake and seagulls. Yeah. It's like, "Okay, I It's like you're not helping your, your <laughs> case movie." Like it's like, oh my uh, god, I hate it. Nothing like a town. It shows a beautiful lake <laughs> and it's like glistening seagulls and everything. It's like, uh -huh. oh, this this sounds this looks like a paradise that I that can't even exist in Japan. 
Yeah. But all right. You do you. Mm-hmm. And then there's a Japanese Eiffel Tower, which I did not expect. <laughs> <laughs> They've done it again. <laughs> uh, anyways, okay, we can get into the summary. So this film, when it started out, uh, we see uh, the perspective of this girl named uh, Mitsuwa, right? I forget. <laughs> the Japanese marketplace thing. <laughs> Well, that's what, yeah, but that's her name, isn't it? Mitsuha. Mitsuha. And she lives on a mountain with her little sister and with her grandmom. And, and she then likes to touch a, her boobs. Yeah, she no. does like to touch her boobs. <laughs> he likes to touch we'll her get boobs. There, Ar- <laughs> and then there's a boy named Taco. Taki Taki And they live, he lives in Tokyo. And she lives in... Hold on, I can remember the name of the city. It's uh, Itomori, right? Are you looking at a sketch that you made of it? Yeah, I am. I'm trying to remember the name of the city. Um, I thought it started with an O. Maybe I, th- not. I, think I think it's like, Itomori, it, it, I think. It I, think like, it's I wrote it down somewhere, but I lost yeah. it. Never mind, the girl's um, name starts with an O. So, one day, there's like a big old comet that goes over... And then the next thing you know, uh, Taki wakes up inside of Mitsuwa. They're not having sex. <laughs> You're not even explaining this well. It's like trading places. They both pee into a yes. fountain and then switch bodies. Yeah. A few times yeah. a week when they fall asleep, they actually take over the other person's life for a day. So they and have to adjust to this. completely at random. Yeah. Yeah. So they kind of like start every helping other each other day? out. I, know, I, I, I thought when she random. was leaving the notes in his diary, it was, like, every other day. I, I thought it was something, like, like two two or three times a week. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like, once every couple of days. Either way, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. And so... Uh, There's some shen- shenanigans that then occur. Then suddenly, she sets him up on a date, and he goes on the date, and it's, like, weird. And then suddenly, uh, uh, the same comet from the opening of the film goes over and he's like look at that and then he's like oh I'll, I'll i'll tell her all about it when we switch places again but it doesn't happen again so he's trying to figure out what happened and it turns out that three years ago that comet killed everyone <laughs> in town, yeah. she just died <laughs> okay i was watching this film and i'm like damn like, I wasn't digging it as much as me. I'm like, damn, how much longer is in this movie? Because it's almost like the arc is finished yeah. with all the, like, the dreaming. I'm like, oh, okay, I haven't, got, haven't seen a... He hasn't seen him in three weeks. I've been watching this for an hour and a half, maybe. Mm-hmm. I look, try to look at the scrub bar, and it's not even halfway through the movie. <laughs> I'm like, ah, fuck. Yeah, this is, I think this is when it gets like really interesting, is when the main, yeah. the main character just dies. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We yeah up up until this point like Mitsuo was definitely the main character even though we would see both of them yeah it was like clear she was the focus and then suddenly she just doesn't exist and yeah. she's been dead for three years and the guy is like what I like that aspect it's like Psycho or might I say a hot lead <laughs> killing off your leading lady oh um, okay oh, okay I AKA yeah, yeah. I'm like Carter. I don't remember the comment in a hot lead <laughs> <laughs> yeah the temporal displacement of a hot lead. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, I think it, I think it balances the the two main characters well. That's cool. Yeah, and then it, it, all of this like time linking has something to do with sake. 
Yeah, and her spit. Yeah. yeah so he <laughs> drinks her spit. <laughs> and then brings her back to life for another day. Yeah. Well, he, he goes he back goes in back time into, yeah, and lives in her body. Into this, the day that she right. dies. This movie... And then they see each other at Twilight. Yeah, there's something weird going on in this movie. It reminded me of two things. It reminded me a lot of the ending of Donnie Darko, which I've compared something else to. But, like, the tone of the final act of Donnie Darko is kind of in this, where it's like, something mysterious is going on. And also that Telltale game, Life is Strange, it kind of gave me those vibes, where it's uh-huh. like, look at this town, Even though it this wasn't made by Telltale, it was made by Don't Nod Entertainment, but whatever. Whatever, it's the same thing. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, Life you. is Strange is yeah. about, like, a town on the verge of some disaster happening, right? And the main uh-huh. character has some time link powers. And yeah. It's, it's, it's kind of similar. Spoilers. Um, I don't think that's no, like, like that's the beginning of the game. Oh, yeah, okay. The, like, the opening of the game is she dreams about the world ending, and that's also the opening of Donnie Darko. Uh-huh. So, but and I... And this, if you actually pay attention, because the opening gives away the entire movie. <laughs> this is true. And the song probably, yeah. And that's... but. That aside, like, this is a very original film, even though it, yeah. like, can be compared to things. I've never seen anything that has a concept like this. I think it's, like, really, really cool. A fun yeah. fact, this is the highest-grossing anime film ever, and also the fourth-highest Japanese wow. film of all time. Okay. I did not know this. That's impressive. Well, you know... That, that doesn't count Studio Ghibli? Uh, yeah, that does not count. That's how okay. much mov- money this movie made. And also, it's getting a live-action American remake produced by J.J. Uh, Abrams and directed by Mark Webb of Amazing Spider-Man fame. Oh, so, no. I'd, I'd be down for that. I mean, or you I'd have choose to take more Spider-Man of the concept. <laughs> yeah. I'm still convinced that Mark Webb only got the job to direct Amazing Spider-Man because his last name is Webb. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. Look, you know, I like, I like movies that change, and this movie definitely changes. You know, it starts off as kind of like a comedy... Like, just kind of like, ooh, wacky situation, they switch into each other's bodies, and then he's trying to stop the apocalypse, which, you know, good on them for doing that. <laughs> well, just of the small town, but yes. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, it's, it'd be so easy to find the other person if you just, you know, remember the school. But he can't, right? it's a dream. It's like trying to remember your dream after waking up. But he remembers yeah. so much. No, he's able to, like, draw it all, but he can't remember details. I think he can draw it all because he sees the photograph when he goes to the museum on the date. So he's remembering that. Oh, yeah. I completely forgot that that plays into it. Yeah. There's, there's like, it's, like, you know, there's a lot going on in this movie. It's, It's complicated. And then, also, the ending of this movie is he warns Mitsuha in the past to cause a false alarm at the school in order to get everyone out of the city. Luckily, one of her friends just knows how to make explosives. <laughs> yeah, and the and other one knows how to, like, on hack board. into their school's broadcasting system. Yeah, he's complete. they're both completely on board with this this plan, no questions asked. They're like, alright, sure. Um, and I don't know, then five years later she is alive. Yep. Yeah, she, he changes history. Yeah. Through drinking her fermented spit. 
God, if you have not seen this movie, this is not helping. Yeah, the thing, okay, the thing that I don't get is, like, I understand that he doesn't remember what happens when he's her, but how does he not remember himself going back there and knowing that they died and then changing it until they don't die? Because at the end of the movie, he's like, I don't remember why I went to that town and, uh, But, you know, it, it's kind of, it kind of adds to the, to the, the interesting part of it, which is like, you know, they're doing this quest that no one has any clue what's happening. Yeah. It, yeah. And I, and I like that. Like, I have to prevent this disaster, but I will have no memory of saving everyone. Yeah. I mean, you I know? think if you can, if you yeah. can buy that he drinks spit to bring her back, then you can buy the other fantastical stuff in it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, I think it's funny how... She gave him his hairband that he wore for three years or something, and then gave it back to her three years ago, and then she yeah. wore it for like three years. <laughs> the age something. of the age of that like braided cord is older than like both of them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So uh, the cords and braided and gods or something has something to do with it in the comet. But what happens if he drank the wrong sake and became like her <laughs> little, sister. His little sister? <laughs> He's like, shit, wrong spit. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know what else to say about this movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's it's it's, it's it, good. I I'm glad we watched this. Yeah. I had I had heard of it. I don't know how long it would have taken to watch it. It's a weird movie. It's unique. It's also got some strange. Like I was close to giving up at the beginning. <laughs> I believe that there's actually a term for it in anime, just because you know. There's a very particular demographic for this. I, uh, of, like, stuff that... There's, like, a couple panty shots in this movie that are kind of just thrown in there. And it's uncomfortable because she's, like, 15 or something. Uh-huh. And there's a lot of breast fondling. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but if you can get past that... It's, like, it's an as someone movie. who has seen a little anime, this mm. is, like, this is nothing. Yeah. It gets worse. <laughs> Oh god, uh, gorgeous film also, and I yeah. I really like the uh, the music. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, it's good, and it's you good. know it's good because maybe this means that sometime we'll be able to recommend an animated movie. Yeah, uh, I I think flushed this probably <laughs> flushed away. <laughs> um, this probably should have been nominated for best animated picture. Um, I don't know if it would have if it should have won, because it would have beat Zootopia, and I quite like Zootopia. Right? Yeah. Okay. Zootopia, Kubo and the Two Strings, Moana, My Life is a Zucchini, and the Red Turtle. This is better than Kubo because the I Red Turtle this... is a Ghibli movie. Okay. I I've haven't seen, seen the Red Turtle. Yeah. Me it's not Miyazaki, so I don't care. This is uh this is better than Kubo for sure. Uh, probably better than Moana, but Moana should still be nominated. And look, My Life as a Zucchini is the best film ever made, so... Yeah, <laughs> clearly. Yeah. So, yeah. What? what? How could you name your film that and not win? Speaking of yeah. which, you know there's a movie this year um, about a hand that gets severed from its body? I've heard of this, yeah. <laughs> uh, I lost and it's my trying, body. It goes to try to find its body, which I just think, you know, it's like those Dog's Journey movies where the dog gets separated... <laughs> from its owner which for some reason they've made like three of except like infinitely better yeah yeah <laughs> your name good movie thanks for the recommendation thank you for the recommendation 
now let's talk about our real spotlight film, which is... A real movie. <laughs> yeah, none of that fake anime bullshit. The 2013 French-American black comedy drama film written, directed, produced, and edited by Joel and Ethan Cohen. Did you say French-American? Yep. Uh, what is yeah. French about this movie? I don't know. <laughs> okay. Uh, the production company. Just throwing words. Well, it was yeah. produced by it was produced by Studio Canal, which is French. Oh, okay. So second French movie of the podcast. Okay, let's go. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I don't know about that. Uh, so this movie, Inside Lewin Davis, spoilers. Also, um, it's it's. Uh, I recommended it. Having never seen it, it's the first thing that none of us have seen that was recommended, other than your name, which doesn't count because it was an audience suggestion. Yeah, uh, that's interesting. We watched two movies today that no one had ever seen before, um, and they both are heavily focused on names. But we'll get to that. Um, huh? He, he's always asking about the cat's name, Wesley. Oh, yeah, <laughs> Ulysses. Ulysses. Yeah. Um, so I recommended this movie. I got about 30 minutes in, and I was like, okay, I'm enjoying this, but, like, there's, I don't know what to talk about. It's just, like, fine, you know? It's a good movie that doesn't really have a lot going on. And I was ready to apologize and be like, I'm sorry, boys. Uh, <laughs> but as it went on, you know, I sort of changed my perspective, and I said, you know what? I think this was an all right suggestion. So I'd be interested to hear, I want to hear Ari's opinion first. What um, did you think of this movie? It was really, it was a pretty movie, uh-huh. and I felt like it was definitely done well. And that, however, I feel like it, I, I didn't feel like anything changed throughout the movie because I don't think uh-huh. anything really did change. That might have been the points, but I feel like I was watching a sad folk music guy, and at the end, I was also watching a sad folk music guy. And throughout the entire middle, I was watching a sad folk music <laughs> guy. Uh huh. <laughs> this is correct. I like the cat, though. It made me happy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Wesley? Yeah, um, look, I think it was good. Okay. I, <laughs> I, I, I guess I liked it, yeah, but, like, um, I kind of felt the same way as Ari, and going back to the cat thing, I thought it, I, I honestly thought from the beginning of the movie, I was like, oh, man, this is gonna be, like, a, a man and his cat road trip or something. It, it, it's not. <laughs> um, I wish it was. I wish it was just the cat antics. But um, it's it's good and like, it felt like Manchester by the Sea, but less sad. Yeah. <laughs> but like, still pretty sad. But yeah. like, but at least the main characters aren't all dips. Yeah. Um, but I think like my biggest thing was uh, I enjoyed the movie and I liked what was happening in the moment, but I was always thinking like, I don't know how they're gonna end this. Like, there's there's really no, I couldn't see a way for them to like have a resolution or something and then they just don't yeah <laughs> but on the whole on the whole you know well made good good movie not my favorite yeah. of theirs but you know it's, it's still well written well acted and well yeah shot. uh my yeah. my biggest problem with this movie is definitely the ending because you know unless <clears throat> i just lost it while watching this movie there's some like there's some weird editing going on there. <laughs> There's but, some time uh, travel. Yeah. Another movie with time travel. Yeah, I was like, is this some Mulholland Drive shit? Like, don't even look <laughs> up the inner me- meanings. So, uh-huh. this is... 
better than Manchester because I think Manchester is a movie with a very, very good performance. Two very, very good performances. And also Lucas Hedges is in it. <laughs> um, but we have Adam Driver here, who was hilarious. Dude, That's don't true. even get me started. I that didn't is even the best know he part. Was in it. I didn't even know he was in it. Outer space. space. <laughs> <laughs> but so... Unlike... That part is objectively the, the best part with yeah. Adam Driver and Justin Timberlake. Like I didn't know they were in this, and I was I was just what the fuck. Um, this this is better than Manchester because unlike Manchester, yeah. I think this has a lot more going on. Mm-hmm. Um, at least in terms of themes, uh, there is definitely a singular good, like spaced out theme to this. Whereas Manchester, having not seen it since it came out, I I don't think anything happens in that movie other than <laughs> Casey Affleck is sad. Yeah, but um. So I guess I'll sort of give a, a rundown of this film. So this film stars Oscar Isaac and Carrie Mulligan, who are also married in... They're not married in this, but they're married in Drive, which I almost recommended. So This is the woman from Drive? This is the woman from Drive. Yeah, I was trying to figure out where I recommended her for from. an hour. <laughs> yeah, this is the, the woman from Drive. Nice. Um, John Goodman's in it. Justin Timberlake's in it. Adam Driver's in it. F. Murray Abraham's in it, and some other people I've never heard of. A cat. Two cats. And there's also at least two cats. <laughs> maybe three, but we'll get to that. Um, so it's set in 1961. We follow a struggling folk singer named Lewin Davis. I almost said his name is Inside Lewin. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, his name is Lewin Davis. He doesn't live anywhere. He just couch surfs in New York, um, and he's trying to get money off of his records that aren't selling at all mm-hmm. and uh, because his producer is, isn't really like giving them out yeah his producer yeah. <laughs> Mel is a cheapskate um and it's kind of just this this little journey that he goes on where he's offered various jobs and never gets paid for them and he goes and sings with justin timberlake he sings at the the cafe i think it's a real cafe somewhere in new york west would know more than us uh, either of us would but um he's just going around new york singing he's shouting at people getting shouted at a girl from drive is pregnant with possibly his child and yells at him and calls him an asshole maybe justin timberlakes maybe justin timberlakes and maybe it turns out at the end the guy that owns the cafe uh because he says i had sex with her and he goes what (laughs) but um there's also a cat, uh, which is in this film, uh, that he walks around with for most of it until he loses it. And then he sings with Adam Driver, and Adam Driver tells him about these two guys going to Chicago or something. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. And he ends up in a car with, like, basically Kanicki from Greece and a large fat man, uh, played by John Goodman. And they ride around. With a around, terrible haircut. Terrible haircut. Mm-hmm. Addicted to, like, heroin. And then, uh, after... Barely walking is always shitting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, he ends up in Chicago. He goes to talk to some guy. He plays a song for him. He's like, oh, it's good. Get out of my face. But no, yeah. Uh, and then he's driving home. He, he runs over a cat, basically. And then he... I thought it was a dog. I don't know I think what it, it was. It was a cat. It was a, it was a cat. It was a cat. It's very important. Wow, what is the cat symbolism here? 
Okay, and then uh, he signs up for the Marines or something, and then he he is sad and drunk and shouts at an old woman who's just okay. Trying to it's play just her it's harp. just him <laughs> going through all of his options and trying to figure out something to like, like not to really... try to save his life. Yeah, but yeah. He, everything just goes wrong that could go wrong. The, the plot is here's, less important. Here, than here's what the happens. thing. Here's the thing. I like movies that are not real life, and this movie, boy, was it real life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It was too real. <laughs> it was it was very real. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was just like it, I don't know like it, it, like like I said it's it, it's good it's a good movie but like I I, I don't know man I just I want I want something good to happen to this. I want something okay. to happen to this guy. The folk music was good. Yeah. But I didn't have to listen to the entire song every time he performed. Yeah. That's true. With just looking at him. Especially because like, he plays the same song like three times in the movie, and we listen to it like the the entire way he through, like all, every time. His partner died. Oh yeah, and it's his like the most important died. part. He his commits partner suicide. Mike, his killed himself. Partner Mike jumped off of the George Washington, Washington bridge. bridge. Yeah, not the not the bridge. Not the Brooklyn Bridge, Oh, and then Bob Dylan's there at the end for some reason. That was him, right? Is that him that beats him up in the alley? No, 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 no. He's the one singing when he leaves the cafe. That was Bob Dylan, right? That was a Bob I, Dylan I don't remember. Song. Maybe. Okay. That'd be pretty, pretty cool. The fact hey, that I neither of you, the fact that being... neither of you noticed Bob Dylan and neither of you noticed it was a cat getting run over worries me because that means that my themes, you're not going to be able to tell me if I'm right or wrong. What is a Bob Dylan theme? You'll see, you'll see. Is it like the lyrics of his song? Okay, okay, I've, okay. I've, I've got it all figured out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, lay it down on us. All right. <laughs> no, someone was talking. And you I were gonna say about the beating up at the end, Ari. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I don't understand why it happened twice. What it means? Yeah, that was weird. I don't know because because it's a, it's two different scenes, right? No, yeah. No, it isn't. It's, is it the same scene? It's two times? literally the same scene. No, no, no. But I mean, okay, but I mean, when he end. it starts at the end. Okay, but we don't see the other per. We don't see Bob Dylan start singing at the end. So he sings his song and then walks out of the bar. I didn't realize that that was the same scene from the opening. Yeah. It okay. Is. So it starts at the end and then he wakes up at the beginning and then goes through to the end again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I thought that. And we watched him perform the entire song both times. Just I didn't at his realize face, that they were right? the same song before. I knew that they were the same well, no, beating scene. No, it's not the same song. It's because it's not. It, so because at the beginning he, he, he performs two songs. He sings two yeah. songs, yeah. but we only see yeah. one of them in the opening. In the opening, you only see one of them. At the so ending, you see the ending me. of the first one and then the whole thing of the second one. Yeah, uh, weird place to start, I think. But eh. they could have just. It's because yeah, it's because he yelled at the guy's wife. Yeah, he, yeah it so could have just up. opened with that song and then that would have been fine. And then maybe I would have noticed at the end when I'm like. Oh, there he is finishing the song, and then he goes on to sing the next song. The way it's edited in the beginning, I had no idea what was happening at the end. Yeah, I'm not sure why it's that way. I mean, yeah, sure. <laughs> that was my biggest problem with the film. I think maybe it's choice. the film's way of trying to tell you that nothing's going to change in this movie. Maybe. That's what I assumed. Maybe. When I was listening, I thought I was just saying, like, oh, it's, it's a cycle, you know? It's, yeah. it's just the same thing keeps happening. Because well, I well, thought it was two different situations. Yeah, that's what but, I like, thought, too. I, don't I think thought, so. oh... I thought, oh, it's two different situations. But it's clearly the exact same scene at the end. So I'm like, oh, yeah. so it just happened twice mm -hmm. in the movie for some reason. Yeah. All right. 
here. Mulholland Drive. He's actually the one beating up the guy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, I guess, I mean, I don't know if either of you have any themes. I guess I'll just attempt I mean, to, I think, to explain mine. Well, I was, I was just going to say that I think it's like, I don't know if this is really a theme, but like the idea is that at the end, it's like showing that like, yeah, this life kind of sucks and beats you down, but maybe he's actually found a love for folk music that he didn't have at yeah. the beginning. Yeah. Ari, do you, what, what is this movie about, Ari? It's about how shitty the entertainment business is, <laughs> which is like yeah. every movie. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was it was Mulholland Drive was about that, but yeah. um. And no, also it was, raw. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it was. It, that's what I got mostly from it, mm-hmm. because it was a guy dealing with the shitty entertainment business and yeah. struggling. Very astute. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah. So... No, I think it's because it's like yeah, like his his partner commits suicide, and uh-huh. so at that point, because of that, he just hates folk music. Now he's like, this sucks. Yeah. Like. I don't, he says in the dinner scene, he's like, I don't want to like do this for fun. This is a job and like nothing else. And then yeah. I think by the end of the movie, maybe he's come around and he's like, maybe, maybe, maybe I can do this and uh, have yeah. sex with the owner of the bar. <laughs> what? <laughs> Remember when the guys are auditioning and he's like, everyone comes in here to have sex with the owner. Yeah. yeah. He's like, I did too. <laughs> My man. So... Okay, here's what I think, right? There's, there's two things that I noticed. I'll, I'll do the one that definitely is right first, because you can't argue with this one. It's just what happens in the movie. The second okay. one might be up to interpretation. Watch me. <laughs> so, Oscar Isaac, he, he is never recognized by anyone for being Lewin Davis. Every time he's, he's talking to someone, oh, you're that guy that's saying with Mike. You're that guy, the third person on that Mr. Kennedy track that sang you're with Weber's the other two son. more important yeah, people. Yeah, you're Hugh Davis's son. You're Hugh, you're Hugh Davis's son. You're friends with this guy. You're friends with this guy. Not once in the entire movie is it, oh, you're Lewin Davis, right? Okay. Oh, so good point. Didn't notice that. I think that this is a guy struggling with the fact that by himself he's completely worthless. He's mm-hmm. really talented, but no one gives a shit about him except when he was a duo or except when he's in a trio or yeah. except when he's singing with someone else. Yeah, when he goes to Chicago, the guy's like, look, you should get another person to go sing with. Or he's like, yeah. I got a trio for you. Like, yeah. Yeah. And I don't know if this is related, but the few people that do listen to his music are that weird military guy that shows up in this movie mm-hmm. he's like oh i've heard a couple of your songs he still recognizes him as someone else's friend but he's like i've heard your music uh the the gore fiends whose cats he accidentally steals um <laughs> loses yeah and these like elderly friendly people that are just nice to him and let him sleep on their couch and have and him make play music yeah and then the abortionist who says i haven't <laughs> the seen abortionist. you play <laughs> is that a word <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I don't know if we know his name, but he's like. That I sounds like that you. sounds like like a Batman villain or something. God. God. He's like, I haven't seen you play at the club in a while, right? So the only people that do listen to him are like these elderly people and weirdos, uh-huh. right? And I think he's just like like the the people he appeals to. He's either oblivious to them or he's like 
I wish I appealed to a more marketable demographic. Because when he goes to play for Bud Grossman, he's like, look, your song's fine, but, like, what am I supposed to do with this? No one's going to buy this. Mm-hmm. So I think he's struggling with the fact that as a solo artist, no one really cares for his music enough for it to be a successful career for him. And he he always talks about in the beginning of the film, like, oh, these people just exist. I don't want to exist. I want to do something with my life. Yeah. And he's concerned that, you know, if he doesn't have marketable music, he's not going to have a career, even though there are people that like his music. They're just people that he knows. So that's the first thing that I noticed, and I think that's a theme. So we agree with that one? You strike a hard deal, but I think I, think I got to agree on this one. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like that's just a theme and more of like a... Yeah, but that's like, it's a, it's a message, yeah. maybe. Yeah. It's a character trait, perhaps. It's not a yeah, metaphor, it's a but it is traits. a meta thing. That's Three. <laughs> it's a meta three. <laughs> yeah, I'll give it a meta bad. three. Let's, let's, no, that... let's continue on. <laughs> I'm going to loop that one. I'm going to have you say it multiple times. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. This um... is our rating scale. <laughs> Oh, dude, a meta five, that is that is Mulholland Drive right there. <laughs> oh, God. All right. So now, this one's the one where I might be insane, okay? okay. Lewin Davis is the cat. Is the cat. <laughs> okay. And he, he turns runs over himself. I'm he turns female, runs over himself. The cat is Lewin. Okay, wait, before we get on to What this, is this your I'm... name shit? <laughs> But before before Does he we switch get onto places this. with the cat every time he sleeps on <laughs> someone's couch. So first off, I love the Coen Brothers' sense of humor. It is so good. I don't know. I don't know about you guys. I could not stop laughing at parts in this movie because thought, all of I... the jokes are just like so dry. And there's a lot of like uh, when he wakes up and the the army guy is just eating cereal. Yeah, no, and it's I think so loud. I think this is is really funny, except for the part that I thought they were trying to make the funniest, which was the John Goodman part. I didn't really get that as much. Uh, like, that whole road trip section, I didn't think it was that interesting. There were there were parts of that I liked, but I definitely didn't laugh the hardest at that. I did think, and I couldn't tell. Sorry. I, I thought it was really funny how... We can edit that out, Ari. <laughs> we can edit it out. Let him, Okay, what are you, what are you saying? The, the drive girl... She just keeps calling him an asshole. Yeah, and every she, she single gets, like, line. She gets like these great one-liners. Yeah, she's just like, "You're a dick," you know. <laughs> um, I don't like you. Uh, all of her lines are great, and then the army guy is great, where he's just like sitting there eating cereal. He's like, "Sorry, I didn't want to wake you," <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and you then gotta get back to four dicks. Yeah, yeah, he's gotta get back to four dicks. Um, and then there's some stuff with the cat where she's like <laughs> where she realized uh, there's this whole arc with the cat where he loses the cat and he thinks, <laughs> he thinks he sees the cat and she brings it to them and she starts crying she's like this isn't our cat where's its scrotum where's, where's his scrotum, scrotum Lewin? <laughs> yeah okay so here's the thing um this movie i think like it, it nails like the basics of dialogue because uh-huh. like nick showed me a video once that pretty much was just like whenever you have like a conversation you have to like has to move the story forward and so the last line is very important and so in this in this movie like all the last lines of the conversations are just like these like biting like insults at him 
But the yeah. best part is the dinner scene when it yeah. ends in like this argument and then she just runs out of there and she's crying and you're just like, oh man, that scene really went terribly. And then she comes back with the cat. <laughs> like you think it's over. You think the argument's over and then it's just yeah. to make it even worse. He's switched the cats. The, the, yeah, the Coen brothers, the Coen brothers, their writing style is fantastic. The, the writing and dialogue in this film I think is great and it's very specific and it plays into my next thing. Um, but when Leo Davis starts saying meow (laughs) (laughs) and you're like, Hmm, maybe he's the cat. So here's the thing. Um, when, when he's driving and he hits the cat with the car, uh, I was was trying to see it as a cat, but to me, it looked like a dog. (laughs) Yeah. So I, I, I don't know about, what did you two watch this on? (laughs) My TV. My computer. Yeah, but like on, on what? like website amazon prime Prime. oh okay okay i i thought maybe you weren't watching it in hd or something it was a cat it was hd on my tv (laughs) okay um so when he hits the cat i was like oh okay that just happened that's in the movie for a reason that had to mean something right because he sees the cat limp off into the woods i'm like all right Let's start thinking. What does this mean? So I spent the next twenty minutes trying to figure out the theme of the movie. <laughs> Brought out the cork board in the red yard. Yeah, I had uh-huh. all the tape, all the Polaroids all over. So here's what I came up with: two things uh, I remembered in my mind. So when he goes to the record producer in the beginning, and he has the, uh, or no, before that, sorry, when he first leaves with the cat, he calls uh, the Gorfine because he's a professor. He calls um, the office trying to tell him, oh, I have your cat. And the receptionist picks up and she's like, what do you want? And he's like, "I tell tell him that Lewin has the cat. And she says, Lewin is the cat. Lewin is the she cat. She says, Lewin is the cat. I'm uh-uh. like, that's a, that's a joke. Uh, haha, I remembered yeah, it because I laughed joke. at it. But what if it's also the truth? I like to think that Nick was watching this movie and he didn't see that as a joke at all. He's like... Lewin is the cat. (laughs) (laughs) I took that literally the entire way through. No, I'm no no no. Maybe the cat. Maybe the cat is sitting inside his brain, like in like a control center, like inside out, controlling him, and that's why it's called inside Lewin (laughs) Davis. And also, the other thing I noticed is when he's driving with the female cat, a different cat, uh, the one that does not have a scrotum, and he's in the car. He's talking to Johnny Five. Is that his name? It's something Five. Yeah. And the cat and Lewin are both looking at Johnny Five. And then they look away at the exact same time. And, like, their head movements are exactly the same. And I noticed this because I was like, why is the cat looking? Because, like, you know how your eyes can't, like, track something smoothly unless it's moving, right? And the cat was very clearly tracking something with his eyes. I'm like, I wonder why they're making the cat do this. They're giving the cat blocking. And I noticed it because it was weird, right? Okay. The cat and Lewin are synced up. I don't know if I'm crazy. Maybe it was ju- also just a joke, but... What does it mean, though? What does that have to do with hitting the cat? So, you know how here's I what I think. Hitting the cat? Yeah. yeah. Um, because he's going to go see his child, and then he yeah. hits a cat, and he's like, I guess I won't do that because I ruin everything I touch. Well, I thought, I thought he had already passed the turnpike when that happens. It's possible. You might... You're, you're, that... that um, I saw him like, oh, great, another thing that fucking goes shitty Yeah. Lewin Davis, yeah. All right, here's, here's what I think. Okay. He hits, he hits the ready, cat. Boys. He hits the cat right after being told his music won't sell. After this, 
he's like, you know what? I'm done with music. I'm not going to do this anymore. Maybe hitting the cat is a sign of him giving up. Because in the beginning, when he goes off into the world to try and sell his music, the cat comes bursting out of the door and it's excited. You know, everything's slowly beating him down and the cat goes away, right? Technically, it's a different cat that he hits and a different cat that he brings with him. But maybe just in general, the cats are something. Um, he hits the cat right after being told that he's kind of useless. And that's the final blow that ends whatever dream he has. He's like, you know what? I'm going to limp off back into the real world. I'm going to go sign up for the Marines again. Um, I think that that, you know... That I feel like the cat representing, like, his, like, aspiration for folk music... Yeah. ...is probably the best theme connection with the cat. Like, it yeah. represents, like, his enthusiasm for, like, genre and performing. Uh-huh. Because it does come back at the end when people are... The one time when people are nice to him in this film. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Kind of. And then, yeah, the cat just happened to come back into the, the old people's house. Now, what is the meaning behind the cat uh, going out the window? Uh, no idea. Uh, I'm not <laughs> sure about that one. So I'm not saying it's a perfect theory. I right, think no. it might work. Because okay. at the very end, when he stops the cat from running out, that's after, like, this is his final gig. He's agreed to play this so he right. can make his money, and he's given up on folk music. He's keeping the cat inside. He doesn't you know? keep it inside. He kicks it. Well, he does kick the cat. <laughs> yes. Um, and I think that might be symbolic of him having moved on from his dreams of becoming some successful musician. He might not have mm -hmm. given up on folk music. He might appreciate it as an art form now more than a commercial aspect because when he yells at um mrs gorfine at the dinner and is like this is my job i'm not just a monkey on the sidewalk playing tricks um maybe it's because like these people recognize his music as like an emotional thing whereas he sees it as a commercial thing and uh -huh. maybe at the end when he sings that same song when he sings the song that he sang with mike maybe that's symbolic of like okay, music is just a part of who I am, but it's not what I am going to be, you know? Um, also, the very last thing that happens um, before he gets beat up is Bob Dylan starts performing, and I think that just means, look, it could have been anyone. It's not going to be Lewin Davis. Lewin Davis is not the one that's going to be a success. Oh, I thought the Bob Dylan thing was going to be connected to your cat. Oh, yeah, and also <laughs> Bob Dylan is a dog. Uh, <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, that's that's what I think. Uh, so that makes this like the mean. fourth podcast in a row that we talked about cats. Yes, that's exactly what this <laughs> is. Uh, we talked about cats last time. The movie Cats. Oh. Uh... <laughs> My theory is allowed to be wrong. So like, tell me if I'm insane. I'm I'm trying to spark some conversation here. Well, the thing is, the cat means something for sure. I don't know if we hit <laughs> what they're trying to do with it. But it means something. But it's it not possible? just the cat for the sake of a cat. You're, you're not saying no. Say yes or no. Is this like even possible as a theory? I feel I'm like gonna it's... say yes. No, no, no. no because... The cat, I would say 100% does represent something with inside Lewin yeah. Davis. Okay. Yeah, but I would say so. Because whether or not just... it's just him as a whole, I don't think so. I looked up Lewin Davis' cat and there's a bunch of theories. So, Nick, I think you are definitely onto something. Yeah, I did it. Okay. <laughs> Also, I just remembered the name of the album that he's trying to sell. It's called Inside it, Lewin Davis. Yeah. What the, the name of the record is Inside Lewin Davis. And when 
Bud Grossman is like, all right, I want to hear you play something. He says, sing me something from inside Lewin Davis. And then he sings a song that might be emotional to him. So, what does that have to do with the cat? Not connected at all. I just also <laughs> okay. realized that's that's a, a, that's a cool uh, use of wording. I think. Right. Yeah. So Garfield. Okay. I wish they explored yeah. his child in Akron more than just, you know, driving by the city. Yeah. Because I feel like that would be more important, you know, I guess, to him. I guess the movie just doesn't want you to have any any uh, resolutions anywhere. Nope. His dad is in a terrible state, too. It just, it's, everything is bad. <laughs> Does his dad say a single word? He I'll doesn't. He, so. just, he sits there frowning, and then he, he shits himself. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, we watch another, like, two and a half, three minute song in entirety. <laughs> yeah. Except for the, the Mr. Kennedy one, which is pretty good. Oh, I could listen to that all day. Yeah. That was, Outer that was funny. Space. Uh, so, is Inside Lewin Davis a sympathetic character? Do we like him as a person? His name is not Inside Lewin Davis. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> is, is Lewin Davis a sympathetic character? What does that mean? I would say, I would like, say is not he, really. Is he a good person? I would say a no, and I don't think he's okay. supposed to be. Yeah, okay. I mean, like, I, I, mean, I don't think he's good, but I think that, you know, you you feel for him even though he's not a great person. So he's sympathetic. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> Let's let me think. I think that you want him to succeed, but you want him to grow, I think. Yeah. And he doesn't really grow, and that's why he doesn't succeed maybe. Yeah. So is him not growing intentional? Like is that bad writing or is that the point of the I film? think that's the point. I've- I, I think it's the point. I clearly think it's the point because nothing changes as we have determined is the theme yeah. of this movie. <laughs> he says it multiple times. Uh, it's folk music. If it if it was never new, and it never well, grows it never old. gets old. Yeah. yeah. Um, and this this never it actually said it like once, and then he lives forever. <laughs> <laughs> it's he said it's it once, this... just the same scene twice. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah. I think Look, I maybe, think, yeah. I think that uh, he actually plays guitar and he actually sings, which is good. Yeah. Like the guitar, the guitar I'm gonna, playing. I'm going to assume that Justin Timberlake also actually <laughs> sings in this movie. Yeah. And Adam Driver. Because in the performance, we see a close-up of his face, right? And almost yeah. only see his face as he's performing. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, is this man actually playing the guitar? No, but, but then they later on. Later on, like, oh yeah, this guy is definitely They're musical at least lining adept, it up. musically even, adept. Even yeah. yeah, even if he's not playing it in the actual recordings of the songs, they lined it up very well. Like they actually taught him how to play, which is yeah. good. Yeah, yeah, he's he's he you looks compa- like he knows how to play guitar. You compare that to like every time Sherlock Holmes plays violin, and it's the worst thing ever. <laughs> yeah, they didn't lip sync. They recorded the music live. This is really? like Les Mis. Yeah, and um, cats. Oh God. Um. So yeah. I think, mm-hmm. I think, uh, also, I don't know if this is so much a theme or even, like, part of the movie. I think maybe we focus on Lewin Davis, but it might be implied if you want to play into the Bob Dylan thing a bit more. This is just it's one of many... Something that neither of us have noticed. Yeah, well, <laughs> <laughs> well, it plays into something Ari said, where it's like, look at how terrible the entertainment industry is. 
this is just another failed folk singer, which there are countless of, you know. And this is the one that we focus on, but it, it represents, you know, all the people who struggle to be musicians and never do. And this one just ends up accepting, you know what, I don't need to be a musician. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. This was wait, nominated. Wait. Does yeah. he, though? Because he never gets his badge for shipping out, so... Well, that's just because he has no money. Yeah, but, like, maybe he's, he's just going to be stuck here his entire life. Yeah, and I don't think he would mind that. Mm-hmm. I think he I feel just like kind of goes would. with it at that point. He would mind, but he, he doesn't mind giving up on the music, it seems. At least uh-huh. as a career. He wants to do more than just, like, exist, <laughs> which he calls, which is just anything other than doing music and yeah. engaging in what he finds to not... He doesn't even love anymore, but, like, he feel, finds it important some way. Mm-hmm. But then again, like... Even though he wants to pursue this desperately, he uh, he doesn't want to grow with it. So it's just like a strange like paradox where he wants to be doing the same thing without his partner, only alone. But, like, I don't know. Yeah. I, I feel like... <laughs> I just... Nick's on the verge of tears. <laughs> <laughs> I can't explain it. I just thought it was like such a bad mindsets that like doesn't change throughout the film yeah. is like yo know, if you want to like be part of this industry like you know become engross yourself with it and what's you know the industry wants from you but he doesn't want to do that he doesn't want to be part of the industry he wants to be what part of like what he sees in the entertainment industry or at least not even the industry itself he's just like what it's important to like him emotionally yeah for some reason he's cheated out of a lot of money too when yeah. uh, the single becomes big and he had agreed to no royalties and they're all like, this is going to make so many royalties. Uh, so like, yeah, immediately when I, I heard that aside, I'm like, yeah, this is, this is going to be, this would be bad for him. Yeah. So this movie won the Grand Prix at Cannes Film Festival, which is like the second place prize, basically. Or not second place, but they have the, the Palme d'Or and then they have the Grand Prix, which is like their secondary. This movie is also pretty good. You know, um, not nominated for best picture, but it was nominated for best cinematography and best uh, sound mixing. Neither of which it won. It wasn't nominated for best original song, which pisses me off. But what do you can know you if do? I've Wait. seen any Coen Brother films? Um, I've seen two, and this is my least favorite. No, no, no. I've seen three. You've and seen this is my least yeah. favorite, but they've the the two have also been very good. Ari, have what you seen The Big Lebowski and No Country for Old Men? Yeah. I, I quite like A Serious Man. I think A Serious... Ari, you have seen a Coen Brothers movie. You've seen my least favorite Coen Brothers movie. You've seen the True Grit remake. We watched it in film together. In film studies, remember? You don't remember it because it's not good. <laughs> How's Jeff Bridges? Uh, what was it about? It was about uh, Jeff Bridges and Matt Damon's in it. Um, it's not what it's about. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what it's about. How do you know, Ari? <laughs> Nowhere near as good as Buster Scruggs, which is the superior Coen, brother, Coen Brothers Western. Um, no Country for Old Men is kind of a Western, yeah. too. What is? Yeah, no yeah, Country yeah. for Old Men. It is, yeah. Fargo is kind of a, a Northwestern, in a way. Anyways, what were you saying about the <laughs> music? Oh, it's good. It's good music. Oh, I, th- I, thought, I thought Wes was about to say something when I cut him off. Oh, yeah, Wes. Oh, I was going to ask about the Grand Prix. So... This is just random, but because for the Palme d'Or, it has nominations. 
So do the same no- movies that get nominated for the Palme d'Or get nominated for the Grand Prix? That is no? an excellent question, Wesley. And the answer is, you know what? It looks like they do pick it from the same selection of nominees. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't tell, but I can't find a list of nominees for the Grand Prix. It's just, but all the ones that win are also nominated for the Palme d'Or. So I guess it's the second place prize. Okay. So that's pretty good. Second best movie I can. Um, and also the best movie we talked about today? Question mark. Ah, uh, that's mm. I think yeah, it's a better it's movie. Probably, it's probably, I would yeah, it's probably, probably a better movie. Watch, yeah, I would definitely that's rewatch Your Name first, probably. Yeah, but that's just because it's weird and wild. And... <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't need to see this movie ever again. I don't think. I don't think so either. But it's better than Manchester by the Sea. But Ari, what song was better, the Adam Driver song or the the theme song to Your Name? I don't remember the theme song to Your Name. Nah, that's what it sounds like. <laughs> what? Okay, okay, let's go to questions. All right, yep. Ari, yeah. Ari, open the text. I sent you the question. It's from. Oh, thank goodness. You can take a guess who said this one. Uh, How's the dialect? Okay. <laughs> it's a Lucan question. It will be an easy one in film. There are a lot of moments where our main character, Urs, are <laughs> the lowest are at their lowest points. For example, in Dark Knight Rises, it's when Bruce is thrown in the hole and has lost all hope. <laughs> Why are you example. laughing? <laughs> but he climbs out of the cave by building his confidence and determination back up. In any film, <laughs> that's his own sense. In any film. <laughs> no, okay, never mind. It makes more sense with the rest of it. I'm just, I'm sorry, Luke, and I'm not doing your normal phrasing of words justice. In any film, what is your favorite scene where the character is at their lowest point and then builds himself back up to fight the antagonist or to achieve their goal? I'd say that's a fairly good question. Yeah. I'm just straight off the bat. I think that the Dark Knight Rises example is one of my least favorites because <laughs> I feel like, like it's a good movie and I like it a lot, but like that part he just kind of has to jump over a rock in order yeah. to get out of it like it's not very metaphorical i think like yeah i think it's trying to be metaphorical but i don't really get that when i see that scene it's just kind of like oh he, he he made the jump without the rope i'd say my favorite's in flushed away when he's flushed i was away. gonna say flushed away. <laughs> <laughs> well now that Ari's stolen my answer <laughs> um I'm trying to think of like movies that I, I would name among my favorite. Like, this happens in most happens, good films like, all the time. Yeah, and it can be done very well. I, you know, the example that's coming to mind, for some reason, is uh, in the Lego Movie, when Emmett falls through that hole, and he's just <laughs> on the floor in the real world. Oh, and also when everyone hates him after he gives his speech, and everyone's like, "You suck." Uh-huh. Uh, and then he slowly builds himself up to become, like, the hero. I think that's pretty good. It starts moving. Um, there's a lot of westerns that kind of employ this, where, like, uh, I, I don't know if I've talked about it on the podcast before, but one of my favorite westerns is High Noon. And High Noon, the entire movie, is this character's lowest point, where he's a former sheriff. It's like, he <laughs> retired the day before. And right? he never climbs out. <laughs> yeah, he, he retired the day before, and he's waiting for the new sheriff to come. But, like, something is happening that he needs to, he's like, I have to be the one to defend it. And no one backs him up because they're all like, well, look, we we don't like you. I mean, it was all just, it was all a prank, you know. 
you could say the same thing about like Kurosawa films. There's a lot of movies where, like in Ron, there's such a huge fall from grace, except he never works his way back up. So that's a bit different. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Wes, what what about you? Dude, I'm I'm, I'm trying to think. All right, go first. It's hard because I mean, all all that came to okay. mind is like is like this happens in a lot of like superhero movies, but like it just kind of gets formulaic after. Yeah, those aren't those aren't resolved well. I'm trying to think of ones that are resolved well, like through the. Not through ex machina, but through like you know good storytelling and the determination of the protagonist. Like I'm trying to, th- I'm really bad at thinking of movies. Like I'm trying to think of maybe like ones that are known for like the come up, which maybe like Rocky and Creed. Like uh, Madagascar two, Melman is about <laughs> to be sacrificed, and then. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, like I think like Rocky was a good movie, and he was at a low point at some points. Yeah, this is and also true. I. How about this? How about Creed, in, Creed don't like it as much, but anyways. In the yeah, Incredibles, Mr. Incredible gets captured, and then his family saves him. This is also correct. And yeah. then they get captured again, and then Violet just uses her force field powers to get out. But again, I don't feel like that's as good an example of, like, achieving your goals, because I feel mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. he's just lucked out of his bad problem because his family comes to save him. Okay, in Creed, in Creed, uh, Creed, you know, goes and starts to lose... And then, and then Rocky gets cancer, and then they both get better. Have you guys seen this movie, or did I just watch? Yes. It? No. Yeah, I've seen it. <laughs> I don't like the character Adonis, but I agree. I think I think like that's. I feel like it's a good example. Why don't you like Creed? I feel like he's just not. He's not really a good person a lot of the time throughout the movies. Uh, yeah, I mean, fair enough. I think that he's he's conflicted. I think. Yes, he's conflicted. But that doesn't make him a good person. Excuse. Maybe not. He's, I, he's, I, I he's remember not exactly. Person. He's not a Rocky. Yeah, because like Rocky, he be like, I'm. I'm not saying it makes him a bad character. I just yeah. remember I don't. I remember not liking him as a person. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Also, like Rocky he was. He was a. Older. He was a great. He like he was written. He was written well, and he was a good character, and he was an entertaining movie. Uh huh. But we're not talking about Creed. <laughs> <laughs> well, funny you should say that because my recommendation is <laughs> <laughs> Creed. <laughs> all right, I think we are ready for the recommendation. Actually, all right. what, what did y'all think of the recommendation this time? Not not as a movie, as a recommendation. You mean uh, of doing like... a movie that we've never seen? Yeah. I thought it was good, and I would have done that, but I didn't. Okay. A, I feel like it's it, good, especially but given I will the, do it eventually. Um, I, I'm gonna, nature of this film. I already know what I'm recommending next time, and I don't. Y'all get ready. I have That's no idea I'll what say. I'm recommending next time. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Well, good thing you don't know because you don't have to know. But someone who does know is the man who knows, and the man who knew too much is not my next recommendation. <laughs> But instead, it is actually. If that was your recommendation, I would have applauded. And it we would is. Have ended it the is. podcast there. <laughs> no. Um. Yeah. I don't know. This is just a movie that I've been thinking about a lot. Um. And I think that you two should see it because, I mean, there's no symbolic thing. I was thinking, you know, next episode's the eleventh episode, and us has things with eleven in it. But I'm not recommending that either because, um, I just don't feel like watching it right now. <laughs> but uh we made a movie called a hot lead <laughs> you're recommending a hot lead <laughs> no i'm not but it's a film noir parody oh, film but oh. instead we're gonna make 
we're gonna watch another film noir, except it's not a film noir because it's not <laughs> Wait, in black what? and white. Where are you going? Out, this came out like forty years after film noir was a thing. So in a way, this is like a hot lead, and maybe it's a film noir parody, or maybe it's a film noir homage. Um, which is why we are gonna watch 1981's Lawrence Kasdan's William Hurt's Body Heat. Oh shit! Okay. So it's called Body Heat. Yes. Okay. Okay. It's a good movie. I've seen it many times. Is it similar to Warm Bodies? The one where she <laughs> falls in love with a zombie? Yes. <laughs> okay. 100%. Um, it's a nice film noir movie. I think Nick will like it because Nick likes a noir. And boy, this is a noir. And Ari, I think you will like it because you like a movie that will, you know, keep you thinking and have some, have some, have some, have some stuff. Did you say it was directed by Lawrence Kasdan? Yes. Written and directed. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Okay. Nice. <laughs> what is it called again? I forgot. I keep thinking about warm bodies. Body heat. Body heat. Okay. Yes. Body okay. heat. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's a good I'm one. excited. So you have seen it, but neither of us have? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's seen it many times, apparently. Mm-hmm. Would you like to take us out? Okay. That's you, Wes. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for listening to this episode of Postpone Number Ten. He's just kidding. We're watching Flushed Away. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you got me there. I'm yeah. double recommending Flushed Away for next time. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I'll save that for the hundredth episode. Um, of course. <laughs> no, thank you for watching this episode of Postpone. Um, if you like this episode. Give it a five stars. You thought I was going to say like. Give it a five stars on the podcast app. Um, watch our podcast on the podcast app or Spotify or Anchor Overcast. We have a Reddit. Um, please leave us questions on the Reddit. If you like data storage corner, it, it was back, baby, but only because we got a question. So leave more questions and we will make no Nick. No one's going to leave a question because no one <laughs> wants to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> we will make Nick do some impromptu data storage um, oh God. Thing, the research next episode if you leave a question. Um, yeah, whenever I look up like data storage news, there's so much. Like, I'm not I mean, this is, like, we should really pivot our podcast to be about that. Yeah. Like, it's, it's We're like in the wrong news. industry, boys. Exactly. When, when has there been a data storage podcast? Anyway, uh, another word for another time. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>